Hello, everyone, and welcome to Minute 8 of Season 3 of Movie Rob Minute, the daily podcast where we yippee our way through the 1988 Bruce Willis action flick, Die Hard, one minute at a time. I'm Rob, and joining me once again on this lovely Wednesday morning is Tyler Howitt of Couch Potato Philosophy Podcast. Welcome back to the show, Tyler. Thanks for having me. Great to be here, and uh, and a very early Merry Christmas. Yeah, do, do you have uh, some Christmas music you want to talk about, maybe? Maybe some Run DMC? Oh, I have some. You know, who knows? Oh, some Christmas and Hollis? I'm here for it. This is going to be great. All right. All right. So, Minute 8 begins with Argyle laughing once again and ends with a shot of the Nakatomi building as modern Christmas music begins to play. So, yesterday we ended things during the conversation between Argyle and John. Argyle is trying to get information in order for the viewer to know what's going on with uh, John and Ollie. <laughs> yep. And he's, yep. he's, he's quite successful in, in, in crying out that a little bit of information, you know, even joking around that maybe, you know, maybe he, she was beating him up or whatever it is. Yeah. That, that she ran away or, or that he yeah. ran away. Yep. Exactly. And uh, you know, he's, he's quite amused at himself. Argyle is just laughing every single time that he says stuff. Yes. And then John's response is she had a good job turned into a great career. Now, this is the first time I noticed that uh, I was paying attention to the words here. What this is basically saying is, is that even in New York, she was working for Nakatomi. Yeah, yeah, that's that was my read of it too, and and that's that's kind of and I never thought of it before. I, yeah, yeah, it, it, I I don't think I really had too much either, other than this is this is a longer time thing. This is why I think also that that she's been not I don't think purposefully. I think just her job pulled them upper you know upper middle class uh, mm-hmm. or so and he's not happy about it. that's not his roots that's not who he is he's you know, i'm just i'm just the guy on the street i'm a beat cop or he was a beat cop he's not anymore right. um he's a detective, a I, detective. yeah and i i think that 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 was some tension anyway and then again again we're, we're late 80s here we're we're um we're seeing <clears throat> this is coming up quite a lot more in in film and in tv the 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 career woman and and it's bumping against his his older sensibilities of, right. of well that's not the way it should be and um even if he even if he doesn't think about that that consciously it certainly has split them split them up whether that's permanent or or temporary so yeah <clears throat> so basically at this point you know we we have uh, argyle say to him so uh, that means she had to move here and john looks at him and goes you're very fast argyle <laughs> Not that, you know, it's funny that he says that because it's basically, you know, it's not that difficult to figure out from what he said. No, he's putting two to two together right there. It's pretty good. But I think yeah. that's, I, I think what's what's important also to hear in in these, I don't know if you do, uh, I can't remember if you do clips at all of the, uh, of the films in it. But no, the, I don't do clips. Hearing, hearing I'm too scared. Bruce I'm too scared of a lawsuit. <laughs> oh, yeah. I don't blame you. I, I, I wouldn't need it. Um, and I don't like, think you need it. You know, I want people to sit and watch the movie on their own. Yeah, they should. They should. They absolutely should. But hearing Bruce Willis, uh, his tone of voice in the response to Argyle, Ar- Argyle is just all he's all upbeat and he's just kind of poking him and and You're fast and, Argyle. You're really fast. <laughs> lazily, he takes a he takes a puff on his cigarette and lazily. You're very fast, Argyle. Uh, in the slowest way you can say that, and I yeah. think it it just is this that contrast between the two of them is so good throughout. Yeah, for sure, and I, that 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 makes it more likable to to be watching yes. this scene, you know, because yeah. 
he, he he's basically prying information from him. Yeah. But he's doing it, he's doing it well. Yeah. And and it's not really antagonistic and and Bruce Willis isn't actually Bruce Willis uh, John isn't actually uh uh irritated. It's just kind of he's kind of just lazily doling out the information as as Argyle asks for it. Right. So then they continue with uh with Argyle saying, "So, why didn't you come?" Well, you didn't want to come come with her, man. What's up? <laughs> and yep. again, he's prying information. Over. He's asking a lot of questions. You know, we get another distant shot of Nakatomi. They keep they keep yep. throwing that in here. You know, we get we get I'm shots you, of space. the building. That's, yeah, because the building gross. the it's building such... is is so important to this movie. It's it yep. is one of the characters in the movie. There's it is. There's no question about that. You know, even to this yep. day, you know, everyone knows that building is the Nakatomi building. Uh, you know, even though when I went not, to LA for the first know. time and saw it, oh, it just was so it was great. It, yeah, the, it was que- the question so is, is the question I ask to myself is does John know that this is the building they're going to? Does he know this is the Nakatomi building? Oh, I wonder. Actually, I, I don't know that because I now I'm trying to think is it just shots that they show us or do we see him looking up at it? I, no, I, we see, I, I at this point, we just see shots, shots of it okay. from the, the you know, from the front view of the from limo, the, yeah. You know, so, yeah, that I don't, I don't know. know. I but you know what I, I again. So some of this I don't know. Is it just the the how much I've how many times I've seen this film and and it, for me it's so meaningful to see the 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 vision of the uh, of the building up there. Uh, but to me, I think I think John John uh, John knows, but I don't think it's not that important. It's, it's just this is where he's going to go meet Holly. It's not right. an important building. Right, that's true. And then John's well, it's also symbolic, I guess, of the of the split in their marriage, maybe. But right, yeah. that's true. Also, this this is the building that has caused that 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 uh, rift for us, yeah. you know, that type of thing. So then John has to justify himself and says to Argyle, "Because I'm a New York cop, I got a six month backlog of New York scumbags. I'm still trying to put behind bars. I can't just pick up and go that easy." So, first of all, I I was thinking he uses the word scumbags here. You know, which, which is pretty, it's it's a f- interesting term for him to use. Yeah. Because you know, here he's talking to Argyle, who we, we discussed earlier this week, that the difference in classes between them. Oh, yeah. Okay. So I'm assuming, I mean, Argyle is not lower class, but he's also not middle class. He's he's no. climbing the ladder between low and middle. That, that That's my yeah. assumption. So you'd think yeah. that. You'd think that John would choose his words better than use the word scumbag. He would he could just say criminals. You know, yeah. He doesn't doesn't have to use that that phrase. Now, do you know what the term scumbag means? I said just a a, a bad person, a, a grosser, a dirty person. A dirty or despicable person. Despicable person, yeah. yeah. So I also looked up uh, uh, synonyms. I found like. 30 synonyms for the word. It's, <laughs> just, it's just amazing. All right. So I'll just, I'll just go through them. I'm not going to try and yeah, test you on any of them. You know, so we have bastard beast bleeder, which is a British term. Blighter, which is British. Also. Boar, bounder, bugger, buzzard, cad, chuff, churl, clown, creep, cretin, crud, crumb, fur, dirtbag, dog, Think, heel, hound, jerk, joker, louse, lout, pill, rat, rat, fink, reptile, rotter, schmuck, scum, scuzzball, 
skunk, sleaze, sleazebag, sleazeball, slime, slimeball, slob, snake, so-and-so, sod, <laughs> stinkered, British. yeah, sod is, is British, stinkered, stinker, swine, toad, varmint, and vermin. <laughs> All, yeah. Well, and, and yeah, you're right. That That is from, you know, for looking at it, at it from this the sort of class uh, class distinctions here, you know, we've got John who is, who's calling the people he's going after scumbags um, and he's got to get them behind bars. That's, you know, potentially it doesn't have to be, but it's potentially, you know, racially charged. And, and um, I think it's, I, I think don't it's, think, it's, I don't it's, think it's racially charged. I, I don't think of John McClane as being a racist. No, I think it's just no. the, that's just the terminology that he would use in his work. Sure. It's more that I think it, uh, if you think about other, other eighties action movies, uh, or the stereotype, maybe of other eighties action movies, it's almost where he says, you know, he's just calling everybody a punk or something like that. Right. Or maybe that's more seventies, but yeah, that's, that's how I, how for sure I read it. I, I just more meant you could be seen as racially charged. I don't think, but I, I agree with you. I don't think it is. I don't think he thinks that way uh, about it. I think he's just saying, I'm a cop. Everybody I go after, they're scumbags. They're, they're right. just bad. I go after the bad guys. That's right. Um, and which we, which we see later. I would have liked, and maybe he does. And I just haven't, I haven't thought about the script or, or seen it. Uh, yeah, thought about it at least later, but I, I would love it if he called uh, Hans a scumbag. He might, I just don't remember. <laughs> no, he doesn't. He doesn't. That's too bad. Yeah. And then, uh, I mean, throughout these scenes, we're still getting a lot of on-screen credits, but now we get a big one. We get the uh, director of photography, uh, John DeBont. John DeBont, director of Speed, uh, off the top of my head. I know that. Uh, Probably some others like it. Well, Um, did you know that he only directed six movies? uh, No, no, I didn't. I I know Speed, and then I looked, I just saw Twister is the other one, but what are the others? Right. So, first of all, he's, oh, speed he's two. yeah, he's he's mostly known as a DP. Okay, he has forty four yeah. credits as a DP. Yeah. Okay. First of all, I was surprised that he's he's uh, seventy nine, or he'll be seventy nine this year. That that's, oh, he's still he's still around. Yeah, he's still around. I I just never thought of him as being, uh, you know. So I I thought he was younger. Let's put it that way. Yeah. You know, I did. I sure. It 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 grabbed me. You know, that's the fact that I saw that he was born in nineteen forty three. Huh. You know, so he has 44 credits. Okay, so we were talking about the director. So he has six movie credits as a director. So Speed was his, his directorial debut, followed by Twister, Speed 2, The Haunting, Lara Croft, Tomb Raider, The Cradle of Life, and <laughs> Boom and Topper, Safari Hunters. Ooh. Okay, which came out in 2020. You know, I, I, there, there's a reason why he stopped being direct, stopped directing. Yeah, I guess. that's... I, I yeah I I would say so uh none of those I mean speed speed, speed I think speed is, two is even great. has a writing he has a writing credit in speed two for oh, the, the story the story by credit I think yeah yeah uh Twister is a blast that's a that's a great uh that's yeah. a great film uh, sorry it's not a great film it's fun though it's it's a it's, it's a, fun a fun movie, movie. no question uh, about that the yeah. hunting though uh is not so much um and uh, Lara Croft two no that one's that one's pretty rough. Yeah. Right, and so again, he he's forty four movies as a cinematographer, but, and some big ones. But uh, what's interesting really is he took a really big break. You know, he he was he was filming movies from from he started yeah. in the sixties, and then he went through the seventies, went through the eighties, 
And in the late 80s, he had tons of movies at the same, uh, you know, within oh, yeah. the same year. You know, in, in 84, he had uh, two movies. 85, he had three. Mm-hmm. Okay, including The Jewel of the Nile and, and uh, uh, Flesh and Blood. And then yep. in 86, he had two more movies, Ruthless People and The Clan of Cave Bear. Ruthless People is a fun movie with Danny DeVito. I haven't seen it. Oh, it's a lot of fun. It's about this this couple played by uh, Judge Reinhold and and uh, oh, what's her name? Uh, played Supergirl. Um, uh, oh shoot, I don't remember her name. I, I I can see her face, and I'm trying to remember what her name is. She's in a lot of movies I love. <laughs> she was in City Slickers, and she was in Secret of My Success. Oh, uh, Helen Slater. Helen Slater. There you go. There you go. I kept thinking Heather, and I know it's not Heather. Right, Helen Slater, and. So the two of them decide to to kidnap the wife of of an executive in order to to get money. Oh, and ah, they, they basically okay. they kidnap they kidnap uh, Bette Midler, who's the wife of of uh, Danny Fine. DeVito. It's a, it's a really Fine. fun movie. It's it's stupid, but it's just a lot of fun. Sure. Then in '87 he has four movie credits, including Leonard Park mm-hmm. Stick, which I saw for the first time this week and hated it. And then oh, 80, yeah. 88, he only had one movie that he was the DP of, surprisingly, this movie. Yeah. And then huh. in, in 89, he had two more movies, including Black Rain. 90, he did Hunt, Hunt for October and Flatliners. And then in 90, 92, he had three more. Shine, uh, he had uh, Shining Through, Basic Instinct, and Lethal Weapon 3. Yep. And then he took a 20-year yeah. break. 2012 really was yeah. the next time that, that you know, it, it – it's uh, I don't even know what language the movie is. It's Nima Avi Aviona Zagreb. Don't Dutch. know what that. It's Dutch. It could be Dutch. And and it looks like from what I see, because I just I just looked at that because uh, I was curious as well. That was actually filmed during the '60s. It, it just was released in 2012. Oh wow! So, I, so okay. it's not even that he. Yeah. Um, huh. Although he executive produced a film in in 2012, but other than that, right? Yeah. Well, I mean, he he had a great run. There's no question about that. Yeah. Oh no, I mean, he's as a as a cinematographer on some some uh, some big films. That's great. Yeah. Cujo. Yeah. Yeah. And then uh, their their conversation continues between the two of them. So you know, we we just had John say about you know that he couldn't move because of of the he's got all these uh, criminals that he needs to put away, and then our girl says, in other words, you thought she wasn't going to make it out here, and that she'd come crawling back to uh, cr- come crawling on back to you. So why bother to pack, right? And then he once again laughs, and then John looks at him and says, like he said earlier, like I said, you're very fast, our girl, very fast, and. That one he is very fast on, you know, like that. Yeah. That to me was a good read down, and and it's a good catch. And honestly, and a gutsy thing to say to this guy you've met. You know, not that nothing else he says has been gutsy, but darn, just calling this guy out right off the bat of of oh yeah, you you were one hundred percent sure your wife was going to fail and you didn't need to move. That's yeah. right. Oops. <laughs> yeah, and then you know it, it's Argyle who wants to change the subject here. Mm-hmm. You know he yep. goes. Uh, you know, we see him take a, you know, push the tape in. I wonder if he, you know, if the tape was sitting there in the tape deck or, or yeah. he pulled it from somewhere else or whatever. And he, this, I tried to pause and see if we could see titles or anything like that on the tape, but it's, I think it's just a blank white tape. Yeah, that's but. what it looked like also. And uh, then he goes, "You mind if we hear some tunes?" 
and then they, they start playing the song and, you know, hear rap music and he goes, Hey, that'll work. Yep. And John looks at him and goes, don't you have any Christmas music? And then his response is, this is Christmas music. This is Christmas music. Uh, and then we hear Christmas in Hollis by Run DMC. Yeah. Which is great. That's, that's one of my favorite. I, I love, I listen to that one every year. It's, it's on quite a few of my, my Christmas playlists. It's, I love it. I think it's great. The whole album is actually, is actually pretty good. No, now you listen to it because of Die Hard or just it, it, something? I will say, I will say because of Die Hard. Yeah. Uh, but I, I, I for sure enjoy it. Yeah. Right. Okay. All right. That makes sense. Now, what would, what would you constitute as Christmas music? I I do a wide range. I love the classics, though. I like I I'll do anything from you know from the the old the Frank Sinatra album to Bing Crosby to um to some newer stuff here and there. I I still contend, uh, that uh oh my gosh, what was it? Uh, Mariah Carey's uh, it's terrible. Something all I want for Christmas is you. Um, no, okay. Yeah, I I still contend that one is the uh the last great new Christmas song that was that was written. But because uh, I'm a I'm a classic kind of guy, but uh, but I'll listen to I'll listen to a lot of it. Uh, I I'm a teacher, so I do a lot of grading, and of course, you know, Christmas is right around uh, midterms, and so I I will do a lot of my grading to instrumental Christmas Christmas music. I like uh, I like a little bit of everything. So All right. okay. Well, based on the research that I found, prior to 1930, most Christmas songs were traditional religious character type yeah. songs. That would make you know, sense. Whether dealing with the nativity or gift giving or things dealing with Santa Claus or carols and stuff like that. And, yep. and obviously since then things have changed, you know, they, they, they started in the forties and fifties with the, you know, the, the fun songs about Santa Claus is coming to town, Rudolph the Red Nosed yeah. Reindeer, you know, then, then you, then you had the, the Bing Crosby uh, stuff and Irving Berlin stuff. You know, you had yep. uh, have yourself a merry little Christmas, white Christmas. Yep. And then you have Elvis stuff, you know, things, things oh, yeah. have evolved over the years when it, when it comes to that. I mean, me being Jewish, uh, I, I know the songs, sure. you know, I, I don't see carolers ever, sure. <laughs> but you know, I'm, I've seen enough movies to, to, to be able yeah. to, to uh, identify the, the, the various types of, sure. of songs related with, with the, the, the Christmas holiday. Yeah. yeah, for sure. No question about that. And, and some of them I love, you know, they're, they're, they're fun songs, not, not from the particular aspect of, you know, uh, the religious aspects of it, but more from the aspects of, okay, this is a, a fun song to listen to. That type of thing. Yeah, totally. And, yeah. and this one, I would certainly, I would put in that category. It's, it's, there's nothing religious about this song at all, No, uh, but it's, it's <laughs> fun. And actually, uh, yeah, just looking at the lyrics, it's a, it, they're, they're fun. And, and man, they, they chuck you back to the nineties. I don't know if you wanted to get into the lyrics here, if that was a uh, next, next uh, uh, episode, but, you can, uh, you can talk about it now funny. if you want. If you want to sure. talk a little bit about them, I, I didn't go into the lyrics, so it, this is all you, Tyler. Well, this one's this one's fun. Uh, it was December twenty fourth. I'm not going to try and wrap it because I would uh, I would shame myself and everyone I know. Uh, it was <laughs> December twenty fourth on Hollis Ave after the after dark when I see a man chilling with his dog in the park. I approached him very slowly with my heart full of fear, looking at looked at his dog. Oh my God, an ill reindeer. But then I was illin', and it, this just I'm just going to pause right there. This brings us unfortunately. The word illin uh, yeah. is 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 there quite often, and you know what's really sad. <clears throat> so again, I said I, I'm a teacher. I teach ninth. Uh, 
I, I, I teach a wide range, but most specifically ninth, 11th and 12th grade. Um, and my ninth graders, Illing, Illin is back and it's, uh, it shouldn't be, um, the nineties are back. <laughs> so any of you students listening of to, to, to teacher Tyler right now. <laughs> yeah. I will tell them I'm, I, oh, and I, I will, I will, I will just make fun of them if they say it anyway. So it's fine. Um, Let's see. Uh, then I was illin' because the man had a beard and a bag full of goodies. Twelve o'clock had neared, so I turned my head a second, and the man was gone. But he must have dropped his wallet smack dead on the lawn. I picked up the wallet, or I picked the wallet up, but then I took a pause, took out the license, and it cold said Santa, Santa Claus. Claus. Santa a million Claus. dollars in it, cold hundreds and G's. Now this is what I was trying to get to this part here. So a uh, million dollars in it, cold hundreds of G's, enough to buy a boat and a matching car with these. I I just you know this is again the the maybe the literature teacher in me and 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 reading into things, but I thought nice foreshadowing of we've got the money the the yeah um the the robbery that's coming up and although uh, Run DMC didn't rob Santa Claus because he t- he finds out later. Uh, there's a note from Santa Claus that said the dough was for me. So where uh, uh, I just think <laughs> I think it, it's it's just a fun one. I think it's great, and I I also I also think um, it it subverts. It goes back to the the long debate of whether or not Die Hard is a Christmas movie or not, and and um, and I think it subverts that without without knowing that that's going to be a debate that comes up. Of just we don't get. Other than John whistling some Christmas carols uh, a little bit later, we don't get traditional Christmas music, um, but we get this, and I think it's just a nice way of just of just poking at the fact that this is a this is a Christmas movie, but they're subverting it a little bit by by being an action movie and and having uh, having a Run DMC song instead of yeah. Bing okay. Crosby. All right, at this point, we get the on screen credit for the for Roderick Thorpe, who wrote the original novel. You know, the yep. uh, Nothing yep. Lasts Forever. Which sounds like a James yeah. Bond title. It really does. <laughs> and and then uh, as the music is playing, you see the, 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 the shot pans up and we see the entire building. Now, one of the things that I noticed is that there's only one light on in the building. Did you notice that? And I tried I to not, no. and I think it's the 30th floor, but it might have been the 28th floor because okay. you're not really sure where you start counting from and stuff like that. It was like, it was like five, yeah. five floors from the top or something like that, which I thought was a nice touch that they're showing the building. And I was going to say, if they, if they thought about that, yeah, yeah, yeah that's great. That really is. That's production design completely, for you. Completely. So do you have anything else you want to say about this minute before we get into the, the script and the, the, the novel? Um, no, we got the two credits okay. I wanted to talk about. All right, great. Nope, so the script, uh, again, a few little minor discrepancies. Um, when Argyle asks, you know, they're talking about the job, and, and so John says uh, she had a good job. It turned into a great career. Argyle says, but, but meant her moving here. And then McLean says, because it's closer to Japan. To Japan. He adds that oh. in, you know, that that's why she needed to move to L.A. I, I never even thought about that beforehand. You know, it, it that makes, makes a lot sense. of sense. Uh, well, it doesn't. It doesn't because the the time difference. I, I guess it makes it helps. Uh, okay, uh, I don't remember the exact time difference between Japan and and LA, but uh, I, I guess it makes things a little it's, easier. It's probably nine hours ahead. I would assume. Right. I could be wrong about that time, but I think it's right. about okay. nine. Whatever. And then McLean continues and says, "Because I'm a New York cop who used to be a New York kid." And I got six months six months backlog of New York scumbags I'm still trying to put behind bars. I don't just get up and move. Instead of in, in the movie, he says, I oh, can't. Oh, I can't. Instead of don't. So that, that's uh, – that's, 
That's actually an important yes. distinction there. I, I ooh, it really is. Okay. And then when when Argos says to him, "So why so why bother to pack?" So it, it says McLean grins. He likes Argyle, even if he is too direct. <laughs> yeah. Huh. And then they they have a, a nice description of the music here, which I wanted to. It so it says he starts playing the music and it says, "And damned if it isn't the Fat Boys of Run DMC doing a revisionist number on White Christmas or something." McLean gives up, looks out the oh. window. So I, I like in the fact that they mention Run DMC already. Yeah. You know they 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 don't wait. You know, they, it, this is something that they they knew they wanted when they were when they were putting it together. Yeah, so, it's not just a post you know a post production. They they found what they could. They they knew it from the beginning. Yeah. That's great. I actually right. like that with intentional needle drop needle drops that aren't just there exactly you know, uh, for sure. You know, after the fact. Yeah, and cool. so in in the, the the novel, so a few little differences is first of all the the, the name of the company is not uh, Nakatomi. It's known as Klaxon. Okay, it's an oil company as opposed to uh, a Japanese company, and they they the the description of the Claxon building is it's a forty story building on Wilshire Boulevard. So I looked up where the mm-hmm. the the real building is, you know the what's known as the Nakatomi building, but it's the either known as the Fox Plaza or the Twentieth Century Studios Plaza. That's mm-hmm. a thirty four story building that's four hundred ninety three feet tall. And is located in Century City, LA. Now I don't know enough about LA. You know, yep. I don't know how far Wilshire is from from Century City. If it's close, if it's far, no clue. Do you have any idea? Are you familiar with LA at all? I I know I have been to Century City uh, actually twice in the last couple of years, uh, but I don't know Wilshire. No. Yeah. No, I don't know. Not really sure, but. Uh... But I, I, I like the fact that, that they're trying to be similar, but they're different, you know. So. I'm looking up here really quick to just see if it's close or the same thing. Uh, let's see here. If my internet wants to load. Uh, but Century City, it's a, that's a fun part of L.A., actually. It's, it's not – Okay, um, right here. It's, uh, if, if you're taking uh, the bus, it takes 27 minutes to get from Wilshire to – to uh, Century City, so okay. all right, it's, it's, oh, so not not too It's far all away. relative, but yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, in, in LA too, because exactly go anywhere and, and it takes That's two right. hours. And, yeah, you know, and this is 1988, so you know, in 2022, it takes 27 minutes. Who knows how long it? What it must have oh, taken at that time. You know, exactly, right. exactly. I mean, actually, you know what? That that makes me also wonder how far it is from LAX, because that's actually the trip that they're taking here. I didn't even think about that. Fact. Yeah. And that's, it's, it's a ways. I haven't done that exact trip, but LAX is, is, uh, it always seems like it's, it's actually, it's gone, uh, interesting. Gone that way. It's actually only 7.75 miles. Wow. Maybe this has always felt far for some reason. Uh, I also hate LAX. So maybe it's just my extra feelings toward it, but I, I was actually even, and again, it's also say, 25 minute to you know, drive. So, you know, okay. Yeah. Well, the the length of the length of the song, uh, you know, because it starts out, you know, diegetic. We hear the song in in the uh, in the radio, and then, but it 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 moves us through to the um to the plaza itself. And I I always wondered, oh, is it actually just a four minute drive from where they are to? Uh, <laughs> no, to but it's, it's when they're on the outskirts when they see the 
you know, they're, they're, they're talking beforehand for a little while. Yeah. That's true. Right. That's true. So every Wednesday we have a segment called Hans Hump Day, where uh, my guests will give their top five performances by Alan Rickman. So what, what have you got for yes. us, Tyler? Once again, start with number five and work your way up. Yeah, so starting with number five, uh, and this one is uh, is just a classic for me. I just I really love it. Is uh, Sense and Sensibility, uh, uh, written uh, directed by Ang Lee, written by Emma Thompson, and uh, man, Alan Rickman is just is he is he is so not Alan Rickman in this one, and yeah. I, I kind of love mm-hmm. it for that. It shows his breadth. It shows him a little bit more classical, uh, and uh, and and a, a love interest which you just don't see uh, usually. So yeah, Sense and Sensibility. Uh, is a great one. Robin Hood Prince of Thieves is number four. And I, I regret actually having it this low, but I'm going to keep it for just for my own sake. But Robin Hood Prince of Thieves, I will always remember uh, Alan Rickman's death scene where he's got that just bit of drool that's going on <laughs> as he's dying. And it just, oh, and I, it was before I, I actually didn't know for so long that he was Hans Gruber. It was, it, he was so, it, it, it was so different wow. of a role. And so, he, you know, Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves, it, it always feels like a sweaty movie to me. And, and Hans Gruber is yeah. so refined that, uh, you know, he wouldn't, he would not be that man. Um, number three is, and again, this is for his role more than the movie itself, but is, uh, is his character in love. Actually. Um, he is this just, he's a heartbreaking character in that movie uh, as, as, um, as Emma Thompson's slightly wayward, uh, wayward husband. And, uh, it's, it, he just, he just breaks your heart into yeah. that, that film. Um, because you're, you're hoping he'll, you're hoping he'll be a good guy and he, and he messes up a little bit. So, um, number two is galaxy quest. His character in galaxy quest is just galaxy quest is, is one of my favorites is a great sci-fi. It's I'm, I'm a huge star Trek fan and it's probably the best, uh, star Trek movie. That's yeah. not a star Trek movie. Um, uh, and so it's a lot of fun. And then, Number one, I mean, because come on, it's Die Hard. I, I don't even know if anybody says something that's other than Die Hard, they're just they are wrong. I know that this is a, a subjective list, but they're wrong. Um, if it's not Hans Gruber <laughs> in Die Hard, great. Okay, you want to once again tell people how they can get in touch with you? Yep, I'm uh, at Tyler Howitt on uh, on Twitter, and I'm on Facebook as well, and on Instagram. Uh, and then uh, soon enough, you'll be able to search for us uh, at the Couch Potato Philosophy Podcast on at least twi- Twitter and Instagram. All right, and while you do that, you can go rate, review, and subscribe to any podcatcher you might be using to listen to the show. You can find me very simply just by doing a search for Movie Rob Minute. You can find my website, you can find me on Facebook, and you can find me on Twitter. So until tomorrow, yippee ki yippee ki